0: up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 253, presented by Rageworks for Thursday, November 6, 2014. Our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number 347-324-3541. You can also use our feedback line, 347-815-0687. That's 347-815-0MTR. As always, if you don't want your feedback played on air, please make sure to specify that when you leave your message. All right, so we are back, second day in a row, fresh week, coming off a little break. I was a little, uh, I felt a little off yesterday when I was editing the show, and, um, you know, things are things are back to normal, it seems, kind of back in the swing of things. Uh, it was a pretty quiet week for mixed martial arts and pro wrestling uh, last night, but um, things are picking up, so I know that the show definitely We'll be picking up steam now as we get into the holiday season. So, what do we got on deck for tonight? Well, we're going to talk about a lot of gaming news. We got a ton of entertainment news. And, as always, we will take your calls as well. Uh, The telephone number, once again, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning in, My Take Radio is a variety show that airs Wednesdays and Thursdays at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, covering mixed martial arts and professional wrestling on Wednesday night show and gaming, entertainment, and sometimes a little pop culture and tech for good measure on Thursday night's show. The show is rated M for Mature. Just wanted to put that out there. Uh, one other thing I did want to let you guys know, you can listen, watch, and chat live by heading over to mtrlive.com or gfqlive.tv. Slick just informed me that they're having uh, some video issues the audio is good but there is no video let me just send a uh quick communique to our friends at gfq to let them know that uh the video is down no video according to chat so we'll see what happens in any event as you can continue listening uh via either feed of course our mixler feed is high quality audio we got our blog talk radio feed and of course if video is up and running we Will be able to use that as well. But as always, ah, thank you, Suncast. Suncast, you are the man. Uh, big shout out to Suncast. Good to see him in the chat tonight. Uh, thank him for getting the video up and running. Shout out to Suncast for that. Um, anyway, so we got all that on. We got all that on deck for tonight. Uh, last night episode is already on our YouTube channel. It's uh, YouTube.com forward slash My Take Radio TV, and it is also on the RageWorks channel as well. You can also find past episodes on MyTakeRadio.com and RageWorks.net. All right, so before we get into tonight's topics, I wanted to talk about um, a situation that happened shortly before we took our break. Um, a lot of you guys that have tuned in on a weekly basis know that we had a lengthy discussion about Gamergate. Now, we were talking about Gamergate, and it kind of switched from Gamergate to you know Cosplay Consent etc 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 anyway so after that episode went online um it got shared in a couple of places and i received a comment about the video on youtube from uh somebody i guess who decided to check it out and they timestamped the video and they said i want to pull up the comment because i want to i want to give this person their uh i want to give them their due and i want to hear what you guys have to say about this so This person, and you guys can check out the video for yourselves and see which comment that was, uh, pretty much had issue with my views on Gamergate. Now, as I was saying, um, it was episode 249, as a matter of fact. Let me see if I can pull this up. And like I said, I want to read it exact. So he writes, uh, 23 minutes in for the Gamergate talk, and he sides with the feminists believing all the bullshit about misogyny and harassment. He starts ranting around 33 minutes into the show. So here's, here's where I stand with this. When we addressed the Gamergate situation on episode 249, um, I discussed pretty much a couple of things about Gamergate. So to bring you guys up to speed, I discussed journalism ethics. I discussed the involvement of women in the gaming industry And I even went a little bit into cosplay. So because of the commentary that this individual placed on the video, I responded with the following. I put, uh, I don't feel I sided with the feminists at all. I just feel we deal with enough stigma in gaming and geek culture as it is. Being a demographic associated with misogyny and bad behavior shouldn't be another thing we have to deal with. If you had a female friend or family member cosplaying or working an event, I doubt you'd be cool with some of the stuff that goes down. I also added, we already get all the negative stigma when certain crimes happens. As for harassment, I can attest that some people pull some foul stuff at events. And again, my concern isn't just about that, but about gamers and geeks associated with all the negative press when something goes down as a whole. I invited this particular person to feel free to join the chat or call in. I put uh where do you stand on this? Feel free to share your comment and I'll be glad to share it on air or feel free to stop by the live show or join the chat. I appreciate you commenting and if you feel my view is wrong, then that's cool too. As I said, the reason why I the reason why I wanted to address this this week is because the um the gamergate situation has has quieted down and I noticed that Um, Anita Sarkeesian was on the Colbert report and she pretty much shed some light on the, you know, the women in tropes, talked a little bit about Gamergate and it really reached a brand new audience. It it got mainstream exposure. And once again, the flames of Gamergate were fanned and it was a hot button topic. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring that up and bring up the comment was because this is where I stand as a gamer. And as, let me start as a gamer or, quote-unquote, a geek first. Let me, let me sh- tell you guys where I stand. The fact is that our, de- our demographic, meaning gamers as a whole, is associated with tons of negative stigma. Every time there's a school shooting, video games get blamed. Every time there's some sort of a violent crime involving youth, video games get blamed. And like anything else, we as a community do not have a unified voice to stand up and defend our interests. We don't. There's too much infighting. There's too many people trying to convey their own message. And in turn, what that does is it shows that we are disjointed and we lack organization as a gaming community. Everybody has an agenda. Everybody has their own message that they're trying to put out there. And my message is pretty fucking simple. I'm a gamer. It doesn't matter where, whether I'm brown, black, yellow, green, purple, or blue. Gamer. Gender's not being addressed. Uh, ethnic background is not being addressed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Just a gamer. Period. With regards to misogyny and, you know, attacks on women in the gaming industry, I think that we are all adults here, even those of us that, are, that don't have any hair on our nuts, you know, we, we, the same way you can go online and share your opinions is the same way that I can address you as an adult. These are the facts. If you don't agree with somebody's comment, sure, it's easy to write a troll post or write something negative or hurtful or vindictive or mean or whatever the case may be. But here are the facts. If you feel that whatever views are out there that don't fall in line with your own, then put together an educated argument and debate that person not only will people respect the opinion more but at least it creates genuine conversation if a woman feels that 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 women are misrepresented in gaming whether it's good bad or otherwise rather than jump on the bandwagon of oh you know um it's only a game etc 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 instead of doing that create a dialogue instead of trying to preach what should or shouldn't be done in gaming, let's all make it a unified effort. Simple as that. If that shit makes me a feminist because I don't want some woman that, that has something to say to be told that they're going to have their house shot up or they're going to be raped or whatever craziness, then so be it. Same thing goes with, with what I talked about with Comic-Con and any of those situations. We've seen it. Slick can attest to some of the thirst. ...that goes on at some of these events. It's not even like I'm the only one that has seen it. Slick can vouch for it as well because Slick has worked more than enough events with me that he can attest to that. These are the facts. If, if Once again, if that gives me quote-unquote feminist views, then fuck it. I'll embrace it because the facts are I have my two sisters, my wife, and uh, enough women in my family... And I think that if they were out there, whether it's cosplaying or trying to do something creative or trying to create something unique for people's enjoyment. And somebody said something negative, hurtful or mean, I'd I'd have to show up at your house with a baseball bat and beat you to death. It's simple as that. At the end of the day. If, again, if that quote unquote makes me a feminist or 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 makes me be a proponent of the feminist agenda, Fuck it. Honestly, it's not about feminism. It's about realism. Simple as that. If if the gaming community wants to be taken seriously, then create a unified voice. There's plenty of gaming personalities out there that you can reach out to and they can become an advocate for our interests. It's not me or any of the other individuals that are out there, but other people that are higher up the, the totem pole that can really make a difference. It's very easy for all of us to get pissed off when politicians talk poorly about the gaming community. It's very easy. But all we do is get mad. All we do is get mad. Instead of being mad about it, let's do something about it. Plain and simple. You know, I, I um, the way I, you know, I just, the video, the video that I put out that episode was... I, I, felt, I felt good about it. I felt the dialogue was good. Um, you know, we had some audio issues that night. But again, and I say this all the time, it is an open forum. This is why we do a live show. This is why we take calls. If you don't agree with some crazy rhetoric that we talk about or some crazy uh, insanity that I spew on air, by all means, feel free to call. Feel free to email Every email, every call, every message, I answer. Whether it's on air, off air, or face-to-face, I do it. Simple as that. If you don't agree, if you feel that the quote-unquote feminist agenda is a real thing, feel free to call in. I want to know why you think that's the case. It's like, it's like one a guy that I know that was, as soon as election was over, he was um, talking about Obama and politics and shit, and if it's one thing I've learned, that can really put a strain on friendships is talking about religion, politics and race. Real good friends, real people that you're really good friends with, those three categories are just for for shits and giggles. But people that you're casually acquainted with, sometimes their views are a little a little over the top. And this person was like, "Yeah, you know, fucking Barack Obama. This is what happens. You put the black guy in there, motherfucker hasn't done nothing now we had to get all these republicans in there to fix all his fuck-ups listen i don't talk about politics i don't like talking about politics but i had to interject because the first thing i saw was the first question i asked was hey why don't you like the president and oh you know he just hasn't really done anything you know plus it's like the guy got in there strictly because he's black and i just this is again surface level arguments and this is what happens. Every election day, every, every politically charged event that goes on, everybody comes out of the woodwork with all these false political ideals, all this false bravado. Same thing, like I said, with, with Gamergate and everything else. Instead of trying to pretend that you're informed, do something about it. The people that complain about politics, you got two options. Vote or become more active and learn about the process. Otherwise, shut up because you come out uninformed. You know how many dudes I had to I, I really was like, dude, are you just a closet racist and you don't want to admit it? Cuz it's like you got you ask, "Hey, what's your problem with with the president or with whomever?" Uh-huh. "Oh, it's this. It's not about policies, it's not about nothing. Just the fact that the person is different than, you know, a, a different ethnicity or a different color background. It's just it's just total horse shit. That's why election day Or any of these crazy social activist movements that go on on social media are exactly that bullshit. Everybody running around, look at me, I voted. Congratulations, you just participated in one of the oldest things in the book that our forefathers fought for. Hooray, you voted. Congratulations. Here's a gold star like a good kindergartner. Simple as that. Again, and 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 I'm going to close it with this. Everything we talk about on air, good, bad, or otherwise, is always open to discussion. Just because the show is called My Take Radio, it's my take on shit. doesn't have to be something that you guys agree with. And hell, I'd love to hear what you guys got to say about it. It makes for better conversation and just better shows. Simple as that. Again, 347-324-3541 if you want to discuss it or participate in anybody's topics. Simple as that. All right. So what, let's get into some gaming news. I know that slick is probably going to be my, uh, my wingman for tonight's gaming segment, because there's a lot of stuff to discuss. So let's not waste any more time and get that ball rolling. Shall we? (music) All right. So let me, uh, click over and see if Slick is ready to rock and roll. Mr. Slick. What's up, man? Not too much, my friend. We got a lot of stuff on deck, and, um, I figured you're gonna wanna share your opinions on it. So I wanna open things up with, um, a company that, uh, well, not a company, but a game that was recently announced that is doing something that I haven't seen in quite some time. All their DLC that is post launch is gonna be completely And utterly free. That game is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. It's gonna have 16 post launch DLC packs when it releases on February 24th, and any DLC that drops starting February 25th. Now, obviously, The Witcher, we've been seeing assets about this game uh, on and off, and it looks like an incredibly promising title. But the big elephant in the room, the thing that jumped out, was the fact that they made sure to acknowledge. That all 16 post launch DLC packs are 100% free. Thoughts? That's awesome. I think that, you know, uh, too, too, too often, especially with some of the larger titles, we are seeing a lot of reliance on DLC. A big offender of that was Call of Duty, which recently dropped, which from what I've heard has a $49 season pass. From what I've heard, because I've heard conflicting exactly, <laughs> I've heard conflicting reports about it being forty nine dollars, and it gets you all this alleged stuff, and it raises the question, and 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 I've kind of posed it before, but do you feel that developers are getting more and more lax with regards to game completion, under the guise of releasing that content as DLC?
1: Absolutely, and to make a forty nine dollar season pass, I'm trying to pull it up right now just
0: to check. Actually, I here's here's what you get. Pre-orders for the season pass cost fifty dollars. They include four DLC map packs, early access to bonus DLC weapons, and a bonus multiplayer map called Atlas Gorge, which will be available at launch. Obviously, you know, Call of Duty came out this past Tuesday on PlayStation Four, Xbox One, PS three, Xbox three sixty, and of course, PC. But once again, $49.99, well, 49. $50 bucks for DLC. Mind you, you already paid $60 for the investment. That's insane. And this is the kind of thing that really frustrates me as a gamer because the problem is I lo- I I love to support the business. I try to support it where I can, especially the genres that I'm a fan of, the titles that I enjoy, even the more obscure stuff, you know, Aquapaza, other titles that I've mentioned to you and titles that you've mentioned to me that are that are on our radar, and we try to put that money out there so that developers can keep cranking out these titles. Now, Activision and Sledgehammer, they put out a really a really good Call of Duty game. A lot of people that have picked it up have been giving me nothing but great feedback about it. They're enjoying the single-player campaign. They think the game is really good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But to continue to enjoy the experience and become involved with the season pass, the fact that between the cost of the game and the season's pass, you're already over $100 is insane to me. But have to
1: correct ourselves because right now, this week at Best Buy, you can get the season pass for forty five dollars.
0: Oh joy! A whole ex a whole extra five bucks that once you factor in sales tax, you're still over a hundred dollars.
1: That's Activision has gone way too far and there. They're playing off basically the um what's a good analogy? They're they're playing off the feeding frenzy. It's like they're dangling meat in front of a bunch of great white sharks.
0: That's it's a, it's a that, good way to. Th- to to Charging put it out there, yo, no, you're you're 100 percent right. The fact that that you're and it's true. The 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 shark analogy is 100 percent legitimate. Because think about it. You know, Call of Duty is going to become a, a a million dollar franchise. You know, it's going to sell a million dollars worth of of material. But the fact is, a ten a ten a twenty hell even a twenty five dollar season pass, I could kind of let slide, kind of because again. I feel that the DLC continues to become more so a product of laziness than a product of necessity. Now, if you say, Hey, we're going to release some new maps, et cetera, et cetera, whatever new maps enhance the gameplay for multiplayer. If you want to be, if you want to enjoy the experience, great. But we are talking about 50 bucks for four map packs plus early access to some DLC weapons. It's, it's insane. I don't even feel that map
1: packs deserve the right to, to be charged for because it's
0: like basically you're you're reskinning a playing field. That's really all you're doing. Right. It's like you're charging money for that. Well, Dark Helmet says game companies are putting out inferior and unfinished products so the DLC can drop and they can get more money and we fall for it. Dark Helmet put, pretty much summed it up perfectly. And what frustrates me, again, is the fact that the gaming community actively spreads their cheeks for that and that's what bothers Mm. me like nobody wakes up nobody's and again this is all about the whole unified voice thing that i talked about in our monologue for this week nobody stands up and goes yo really guys 50 bucks for dlc y'all are crazy no instead it's oh i bought the game let me buy this dlc or hey you pre-ordered the game would you like to pre-order The DLC as well. It's an extra five bucks, and before you know it, you just spent a hundred dollars on a game that, for a fact, I can attest, will be probably half price in I don't know, three weeks.
1: But they won't put a sale on the on the season pass. Of course
0: not. Of course not. And here's here's a kicker. Here's here's one thing that's insane. For those of you that are on the fence about picking up any of the new releases. Hold out until Sunday when Target unleashes their buy two, get one free special right before Thanksgiving. You know, just in case you wanted to hold out a little more till Black Friday, you can buy two games and get one free starting Sunday. It's ridiculous.
1: And as like a shower point, let me just bring up another game that isn't out yet but technically also is. Grand Theft Auto 5. Yes. Now, over the you know the year and change that it's been out on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, you know I've given it both praise and criticism. Absolutely. Because you know there's been issues with rampant hacking and everything, and correct. Just the fact that Rockstar has not made good all, all the promises they made to to the the, um, the fans and. Even the fact that you know the the new release coming out, in a lot of ways, is a slap in the face to the the people that you know made the game great because they're going to lose out on a lot of the features unless they get the new version. Yep. But the bottom line is, the game costs fifty nine ninety nine, and you know now it costs whatever it costs now. Right. There's been consistent downloadable content for the game that has been, you know, coming out over the year. The game released like a month after it came out, well not even a month, like a few weeks after it came out, the online version, which That's technically right. is another game. Right. And you got all of that for the grand price of
0: zero. Right. And it's and it's all a great counterpoint.
1: Is, it's more than map packs. It's it was a completely different way to enjoy the game. Right. It was you know, additional content To either customize your character, or in many ways, you know, just to play the game because it wasn't just like masks and hairstyles and costumes; it was vehicles, weapons, all kinds of stuff.
0: That's right, and you you reported all of it,
1: and you got it all for free. And it's like
0: you're paying forty nine ninety nine for map packs and zombies. Well, that's that's the frustrating part, and again. It's it's the it's the return on investment and why I, and the reason I say this is because all right, you pick up Call of Duty, you finish the single player campaign. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Then you jump online. You play online and say you play online for a month, maybe two hell, even three months. But I'm sorry to say with the amount of titles coming out between now and December, the, the return on investment. On hundred dollars of product, between sixty for the game, a hundred and ten, if you want to get really accurate. Sixty for the game, fifty for the DLC, and your quote unquote return on investment. Do you really think that everybody's gonna be sitting there playing these games and these map packs aggressive as aggressively as when the game first launched? I I absolutely do not think that is the case. Sure, it will extend the game's shelf life. But I guarantee you, November, October or November 2015, there will be another Call of Duty. You know? Simple as that. There's going to be another one.
1: The only people that are going to be hardcore playing it for that long are really the people that pretty much only play Call of Duty.
0: Or the people that play it competitively.
1: That's it. If you're making money over Call of Duty, with more power to you, but other than that, I mean, I'm not trying to down the game, but, I, you know, I've tried it. And to me, playing the maps gets old really quick.
0: Well, for me, I don't mind Call of Duty. I like the single-player campaigns. I usually play them first. Sometimes I play online once or twice, but it's not something I go out of the way to do because I like the single-player campaigns. And what what, 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 what? again, the thing, in my opinion, that's incredibly troublesome is the fact that, and this goes back to a conversation I had a few days ago with a colleague of mine about sneakers. When we were growing up, the most expensive pair of sneakers may have run you a hundred bucks, a hundred and twenty-five bucks. And companies little by little started, oh, we're gonna drop a pair of sneakers for one fifty. Everybody bought them. Oh, let's drop another pair for one seventy-five. Everybody bought them. Let's drop another pair for one eighty-five, one ninety-five. Everybody bought them. Let's drop them a, p- a pair of sneakers two hundred, two and a quarter, two thirty-five, two forty-five. People still bought them. And the reason is because the sheep are still out there. And that's what happens. You know, companies like Activision, EA, other companies, they go, all right, let's put the game out. Let's put out DLC, uh, season pass for 10 bucks. Sells. 20 bucks. Sells. 25. Sells. Do I hear 30? Sells. Hey, let's try 50 and see what happens. That is exactly what's happening. And the gaming community is not being aggressive enough in calling them out on it. Not being aggressive at all. Nope. They're standing online the day before to get the shit. Yep. Well, correction. They're online getting the game and then they're, they're being, they're being enticed with the DLC because of all the additional bonus stuff that you're getting. I really, I really would like to see. A, a, a tally of how many people genuinely bought the game and the season pass. I would love to see those metrics. I'd love to see it because it is. It no, is. I'm
1: wi- sure when. Go ahead. I'm sure when Activision announces their sales for Advanced Warfare, they're not going to say it's this much in the, the actual game and this much in season pass. Seriously, like, nope.
0: We made this much money. That's correct. We sold this many copies. 100% right. Well, it it's one of those things and I and I wanted to open up with that because I wanted to really inform people that there is $50 DLCs out there. It's not a joke. It's not a rumor. It's not fluff. You looked it up yourself and you saw 50 bucks, 50, the cost of a full game per season pass. That's insane. There you go. So Switching from our friends at Activision over to the crew at EA, EA announced that the Star Wars Battlefront game will be arriving in during the 2015 holiday season. Of course, this also falls in line with the next Star Wars film, which will be hitting theaters December 18th, 2015. Oh, how convenient. It's ridiculous. But but well, smart I mean, marketing. I can't
1: be mad them for that because that only makes sense.
0: Yep, it only makes sense because remember when Spider Man came out right before the movie came out. Exactly. It's smart marketing. On the flip side, those of you that were looking forward to Battlefield Hardline are going to have to wait till March seventeenth if you're in the U S. or March nineteenth if you're in Europe. Originally, the game was scheduled to be released this month, but it got pushed into twenty fifteen. Obviously, they're doing this to ensure that the servers and the game itself are stable. After the beta that was released in June, Visceral and EA realized that they had to make a significant amount of improvements in order to avoid a lot of the situations that occurred when Battlefield 4 came out. This game, Battlefield Hardline, will be released on PC, PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. Plus, of course, the game is available for pre-order, at most retailers, plus EA's Origin digital service.
1: I don't understand how games come out and the online system for it isn't ready. Like to this day, Drive Club still doesn't work online. Well, and you it seems that Sony's completely given up on <laughs> giving the, the the PlayStation Plus members that so-called free version they were going to release.
0: Dude, if you want to hear about the struggle, just ask anybody that plays NBA Two K about servers for that game. Anybody that plays NBA 2K will tell you that their servers are shit. <laughs> wow. Anybody that's playing NBA 2K15 or that has played NBA 2K15 and and is in the chat or listening, share your experiences. Everybody says the same thing. Yo, that servers are always down. There's never any games available, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the whole, hey, this game is out. You would think that the servers... Uh, the servers would be functional, argument is 100% full of holes. Because clearly, for a game that's as established as NBA 2K with such a a huge fan base, and it's like 2K's a shitty company, should definitely have their fucking servers in line, don't you think? Just a bit. Exactly. Well, for those of you that are fans of the Destiny game, there is a brand new expansion for Destiny called Destiny Expansion 1, The Dark Below The add-on will be released December 9th, so if you have put Destiny on the side, get ready to blow the dust off of it and put it back into your console. This new expansion will feature new weapons, armor, and gear, including legendary and exotic items. Also, the light level cap has been raised to 32, and five additional bounty slots have been added. Plus, you're going to get new story quests and missions, plus a brand new cooperative strike, the will of Crota will pit you and your fire team against the Omni-Goal as she works to expand the Hive Army at the command of her master, Crota. Plus, you're going to get three new competitive multiplayer arenas as well. Now, PlayStation platforms will get access to this exclusive cooperative strike, The Undying Mind, first, along with other timed exclusives throughout 2015. The Dark Below can be bought by itself for 19.99 or... As part of the Destiny Expansion Pass for 34.99, the pass includes Expansion 1 and Expansion 2 for obviously PS4, PS3, Xbox 1 and Xbox 360. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the console equivalent of Warcraft. Pretty much
1: for a second I thought you were talking about Warcraft. <laughs>
0: It, it, there you have it. You wanted this game. The game is, is, you know, everybody has their, their, their love and their hate relationship with the game. Here you go. Get ready for some, for some expansion packs and some, some other additions to continue to increase the shelf life of this game. I'll be honest. You're going to do all that. I don't want to see a Destiny sequel till at least 2016. Seriously. I don't even want to hear, I don't even want to hear a rumbling of Destiny 2. Until at least 2016, because you're releasing a 35 dollars expansion pass plus a 60 dollars game. Once again, got almost 100. dollars
1: it, again, it's the same type of game. So
0: there that, you have it. Not, you know,
1: it's a different, different storyline and everything, but it's always you know like these first person shooters.
0: Well, the thing that they, I
1: have never been, that- been able to understand, like the just the um, why people go crazy for them. I mean. Well, no the, matter what you what you try to throw in it, it's the same game over and over again.
0: the The first person shooter aspects don't bother me. What's crazy is the 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 logic that hey, here's this game, here are these expansions. We're gonna use the the, the PC strategy of selling expansions to, for the core game. Okay, great. But once again, you're gonna do that, and the the value of the game just went from a sixty dollar title. To a hundred dollar title, to maybe a little bit more if you release a second or third, a third or a fourth expansion pack. So before it's all said and done, a sixty dollar game may cost you a hundred and fifty bucks, and you're not gonna bat an eyelash because you're thinking, oh, you know, it's enhancing the gameplay, blah 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 blah. But you just realize that you just dropped that much money on a game. Now PC gamers will say, hey, you know, this is this is this is the norm for us. It is. But if you're a PC gamer, you're not getting expansion packs for some of your games one year after the other. Just think about Warcraft. How long has it been since World of Warcraft came out? How many expansion packs have been released? We're not getting them every year. Yeah, there's one coming out, I think this month or next month. Yeah, Draenor, I, I think. When came out. Right. I remember one with like kung fu panda and shit. What what amounted to kung That's fu panda? I think was the last one and that was a couple of years ago. Right. And then the next one Mortis just put in the chat comes out November 13th, but maybe, maybe Mortis can answer it since he knows it. But if anybody in the chat is familiar with world of Warcraft, how much time has passed between the previous expansion pack and this current one? I'm curious to see what people, people have to say about that, because for me, it feels like their expansion packs are maybe two, three years apart before, before, you know, when they're released. And I, and I'd like to know if that's accurate
1: i'm checking right
0: now because it's 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 crazy to me you know like they're they're putting out this brand new destiny expansion stuff it's 35 bucks again you're you got a hundred dollar return on investment and you know oh here we go mortis says two or three years i didn't play the last one pandaria all right but i know slick is looking it up as well all right let's say three years a three-year gap between title between expansion packs is perfect Because you're extending the shelf life of a game and building a community. That means that by the time it's all said and done, when you say, hey, we're going to release Destiny 2, that's because you have tapped out all your resources and expansion pack capabilities on the first game. That means that when you release your second game, you're going to release it to an incredible amount of fanfare because it's going to be something new and quote unquote different. Not glorified expansion packs, you know?
1: Mr. Pandaria, the Kung Fu Panda expansion came out two at least two years ago. It was 2012.
0: All right, so 2012. The next one is now 2014. You know, two years, two three years, I can accept. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like you said, it's updating the game. People literally die playing Warcraft. Yeah. They they play it so much. Exactly. So, I mean, that they're playing the same game for two years. Straight, they deserve an expansion
0: pack. Exactly. Now, now, Mortis also said that they've been in between those expansion packs. They release a lot of free updates as well, including new dungeons and and you know other free additions, which is great. And that's what I mean. You're when you're creating a community, when you're creating a global phenomenon, and you're doing expansion packs every two or three years. By the time you decide, hey, we're gonna create a brand new game, it's it's gonna be it's gotta be something that's out of this world because You've invested so much into establishing a universe in the previous game, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, talking about Warcraft like that, I feel like in terms of things like Call of Duty, there should maybe be one Call of Duty per console life cycle and, you know... expansion release, release expansion packs. There you go. I could accept that. I mean, honestly, the, the bulk of the people who, who go crazy for these games, they either rush through the, the first-person campaign,
0: or they might not even play it. They don't care about it, because all they care yep. about is playing online and playing the damn map pack. That's right. You know how many people are, I know, personally, that are excited and jumping out of their skin for the Halo Master Chief collection? Is, isn't is that insane? It's it's
1: insane, yes, and no. I mean, I can kind of understand it, because, again, using the Warcraft as an example, When's the last time uh, Halo came out? You know, like a couple of years
0: ago. Right, but but the thing is that they basically took the original games, gave them a fresh coat of paint, and they go, "Here you go." You know what falls in line with that? Also, um, the 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 game with the uh, the Chinese uh, the Chinese mafia that I played.
1: Sleeping
0: Dogs. Yeah, they released that complete edition. On PS4 and Xbox One, like, oh yeah, here you go, and it's like, okay, great, thanks. <laughs> you know, I'm like, all right, I yeah, played the that game. That one didn't make any sense. That that game is still
1: fresh. I mean, Halo came out with the original Xbox.
0: Right. But, but that's
1: a little bit different. Like, if you told me tomorrow that they're gonna completely redo in the the, with the visuals of, of the most recent game and release the entire Grand Theft Auto 3 collection, which is really like five games. I'd go nuts. I paid, you know, $60 for that.
0: Well, yeah, for a remastered San Andreas, Vice City, et cetera. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. But the thing that I, that, that gets me is that people are jumping in to replay, uh, you know, titles that have already been established, but, and, and they have zero issue doing this, but on the, on the flip side, They have no, they have no qualms about being taken advantage of with, with all this crazy DLC either. You get what I'm saying? Like, here's a good example. You've been, you've been extremely active in posting all our GTA 5 content. You and I have discussed on air and off air all the stuff. Now, for those of you that don't know, GTA 5, a great example, hits PS4 and Xbox One on November 18th. PC gamers are going to get it January 27th, 2015. You posted a video today about the differences between current generation PlayStation 3 and, quote-unquote, next-gen PlayStation 4. Now, when we're looking at, at games like Sleeping Dogs, all these other games that are getting, quote-unquote, remastered, I want you to share with, with, with our listeners the difference, the uh, how significant the difference is from current-gen to next-gen with regards to GTA.
1: Oh. As far as like the actual scenery of San Andreas, there you know there's more detail. For example, take a car. You know the the um, car designs were very good, but the actual surface of the cars are pretty plain now with the the PlayStation 4 version, and a lot a lot of people commented on it. It's like you can see actual reflections on the you know the the um, paint job, but during the, the nighttime, you know, you can see the actual pooling of water when it's raining and the raindrops hitting the ground. These are things that weren't, you know, happening in the PlayStation 3 and Xbox Three 360 versions. They've added additional, um, like, animals, for example. Like, it used to be in the ocean. The only thing there was was, the, you know, the great white shark now. Apparently, there are hammerhead sharks. There's dolphins. There's killer whales. There's additional... Uh, Types of dogs in the street now. There's additional animals in the in the woods. There's you know all the content that's come out over the years is there. You know with a quote unquote a fresh coat of paint, but it's not just a fresh coat of paint. It actually does look different. Like the the difference between like the trees on the PlayStation 3 version and the PlayStation 4 version is kind of like the difference between let's say a stick figure and, like, a full drawing of, like, Popeye. I mean, that's a terrible example,
0: but you no, where I'm going. Well, see, the the reason why I brought this up is because, with that said, is it worth the investment at this point for people to buy the game? Now, obviously, you've written a lot of great content on Rageworks about it, and you've made your opinions heard, but I want to give uh, something to our listening audience. Do you feel that on November 18th, GTA 5 will reach another sales milestone on next gen consoles. And to add to that, are people are people going to benefit from making the investment a second time?
1: Just as a yes or no question, I would say no. Okay. Sadly, but I, I have to put an asterisk on that and say it really depends. Okay. Because, you know, as much as the game has sold, there are people who have never played Grand Theft Auto Five. Right. Those people should absolutely go out and buy the game on November 18th, or you know, if they're waiting for PC, January 27, 2015. They absolutely should get the game. Right. And have no problem paying the 60 dollars because it will be worth it for them.
0: Correct. Okay.
1: For the people who bought the game on on the PlayStation 3 or the Xbox 360, it will depend. It depends on a couple of things like. How many people do you know that will be playing on the same console as you or on PC? You know, how many people will be getting the game? How many? What community will you have? Okay. Because if your your actual community is still on the last gen consoles, you will not be able to play with them anymore unless you still have your copy. And while Rockstar is putting in a very strong effort because they're releasing information every day leading up to this release about you know what's going on with the new version they're putting in a very strong effort to get get people hyped okay. literally they're hyping up the game they're not doing in my opinion enough to entice the literally I, like i said before i use this this um phrase the people that made the game great they're not doing enough to make those people run out and get the game there needs to be some kind of trade in offer and, and I don't mean the fact that they can bring their online character to the new game okay, to the new console or to the PC there needs to be something if I want to trade in my Grand Theft Auto 3 disc for a Playstation 3 I should be able to get it on Playstation 4 or Xbox or on PC for at least I would say at least $15 off. Okay. Because paying $60 for a game that I already paid $60 for, when, for all intents and purposes, with everything they're adding in, because they are adding in new features, the first-person mode, I've heard a lot of people that are very excited about it, but yep. honestly, it's while it gives you a different way to experience the game, it is not changing the game. It's still... As far as if you're playing story mode, they're playing as <clears throat> the same three guys. They're not adding any new characters.
0: Take so notes, folks.
1: So it's going to start the same. It's going to go through the story the same. It's going to end the same way. There you have it. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it literally is the same game. There is no, honestly, no reason for somebody who is already using it myself as an example beaten the story mode and completed the game in the sense that they've played all the way through. There is no all the way through the online mode because it's it's ongoing. It doesn't stop. But completed the, the game to the point where they've collected all the achievements or all the trophies and there's no real incentive to go back other than getting those trophies on PlayStation 4, getting those achievements on Xbox One. The, the the incentive needs to be some kind of
0: savings. Okay. Well, here's here's I, I wanna add to that and I wanna discuss um I, I wanna get into Nintendo a little bit, but to to bring the GTA thing full circle and and kind of just preface it. This holiday season, those that haven't made the jump to PS four or Xbox One at this time, is there enough of an incentive to make the jump now? versus when both consoles launched for me personally i feel there is a uh, there is a benefit now because there is a a a solid enough there is a solid library that uh, allows you to to really get some really awesome experiences from each individual console but a lot of people feel that the 360 and ps3 still got still got some weapons to bring to the table do you, do you agree with that? Do you think that it's worth making the jump now this holiday season, or are people better suited to wait till after the holidays and maybe wait for some more titles?
1: I feel that it's worth it, more so for the, believe it or not, I'm saying this, more so for the Xbox One than for the PlayStation 4. Wow. What I mean by that, I'm not putting more value on one console over the other. right? I feel... Feel that it's worth buying either one of them if they have the games that you want. The reason why I say the Xbox One over the PlayStation 4 is because Microsoft is notorious, and they, throughout this year, you're seeing it. They are not going to continue supporting the 360 the way Sony is going to continue supporting the PlayStation 3. Okay. And I, I, I said it to somebody earlier today think about the PlayStation 2. The PlayStation 3 right now is eight years old. When they were announcing the PlayStation 3, they said it's going to have a 10-year life cycle, which means it's got two years left. Right. And that doesn't mean that it's going to stop you know, supporting it after 2016. No, nope, because... But it's living out that 10-year console life cycle despite, despite the fact that in 2006, nobody thought it was going to make it 10 years with the, the problems that it had. It's making it 10 years, and it's going to go longer than that. Well, dude... The last PlayStation
0: 2 game released last year. Well, here's here's a here's a gag, and 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 longtime listeners of the show will appreciate that. How many times did we talk about MPD numbers and the PlayStation 2 was still selling units?
1: Exactly.
0: How long, dude? If it cause... was
1: still in stores, if it was still in stores, it'd still be
0: selling. Yep. There you have it. So, to to switch gears a little bit, one a game that you spoke very highly of, Watchdogs has a pretty nice milestone. It has sold more than nine million copies to date. It is it made about five hundred and forty million dollars in retail sales. The game originally sold four million copies in its first week of release. Now it's at nine million units. It looks it right now all signs point to it passing the ten million unit sales mark by the end of twenty fourteen. I guarantee you that Black Friday will have a big factor in that number. How do you feel about that, especially because you were, you were one of the many people that was really excited for that game?
1: Well, what I think might have an even bigger impact on that than Black Friday is the week before, because the week before, it launches for the Wii U. Right. And while the Wii U may right. not have the largest install base, there's a lot of people that own it, and, you know, they will pick up watchdogs.
0: I agree. But that's crazy, dude, 10 million units before the year is out. And I think it'll definitely hit it, too. I do as
1: well. I mean, you you, you asked me how I feel about, you know, is it the time to pick up these new consoles? I mean, this year has been huge for gaming, just this month. Yep. I'm just looking at the list of games that come out this month. There's so many titles coming out for all the consoles. I mean, there's a ton of games coming out for PS4 and Xbox One. There's a ton of games coming out for PS3. And looking down the list, there's not too many games coming out for Xbox 360. There are some, but they're all multi-platform games coming out for other consoles. And there's a ton of games coming out for PS3. There's a ton of games coming out for Wii U and for 3DS. Like I said, the only console that you really not getting too much love is the Xbox 360.
0: Well, I've 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 mentioned it on air, and I continue to stand by it that this holiday season I am picking up a Wii U, definitely. While while I did want to mention that, I also wanted to take the opportunity to segue into a lot of news that came out of Nintendo's uh, latest direct event. Uh, the first one being that the re-release, well, the release of the Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask 3D on the 3DS next spring. That's that's pretty fucking big, you know. It is. On a, on the flip- I was not a big
1: fan of that game because of the time limit, but right, it you know. A lot of people still, a lot of people felt the same as that, but a lot of people really love that game, and the, with the success of Ocarina of Time on a 3DS, George Nass is going to do very well.
0: In addition to that, they also expanded on how the Amiibos are going to play into all the games, including um, expanding games like Mario Kart 8, Hyrule Warriors, also um, any of the other games in the pipe as well. Um, where do you stand with regards to the Amiibo Uh, placement in comparison to you know games like Disney Infinity and um, Skylanders I think Nintendo has something something up their sleeve that's bigger than just amiibo integration I kind of feel that that's going to become something that will be a lot more aggressive going forward with their first party titles
1: well amiibo is going to I think amiibo is going to be huge it's going to I don't want to use the word revolutionize, but I think it's going to definitely change the game because you just said the word right there. Skylanders and Infinity are games. right? Amiibo is is going to be in some way a peripheral of the Wii U and the 3DS because gotcha. Amiibo is going to work for both consoles, the console and the handheld, and it's not Tied to any specific game. Right. It's for Nintendo, period. Right. Well. So, an Amiibo, if you have, let's say, a Link Amiibo and it gave you something for Smash Brothers, it's also potentially going to give you something for Mario Kart and, you know, games that are going to be coming out in the future. I well, mean, just look at Bayonetta, how Bayonetta has so many different Nintendo consoles. What if right. They have some code in there where the Amiibos let her wear even more costumes and do even more crazy shit with her hair.
0: There you go. Well, here's, here's something that I never thought I'd be discussing on air, and that's Nintendo DLC. Mario Kart 8 is getting its first DLC pack on November 13th. You're going to get new courses, vehicles, and characters from other games, including characters from The Legend of Zelda, F-Zero, and Bike. Of course, gamers can download uh, the in-game, the DLC from the in-game menu or from the Nintendo eShop on the Wii U. With that said, um, it's pretty big, dude. That that Mario, well, Mario Kart, Nintendo DLC is actually making uh mainstream news stories now. That's pretty. That's pretty solid for Nintendo, considering how much we were, you know, we were forced to shit on it over the last couple of months. So
1: it would cost anything.
0: From what I hear, uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to, I'd have to find out. I mean, I know obviously the Amiibos are going to cost something, but the DLC, the first wave, I think might be free. I'd have to check for sure.
1: If they start producing DLC for their major titles, and let's say they make it a dollar ninety-nine, or let's say they make it free, they they will
0: make a chilling. Just Dude, from the fact that... I'd pay five bucks for DLC on Mario Kart. Five bucks. But
1: that's what—that's exactly what I'm saying. Nintendo needs to be very smart about it. Right. Worry about you know charging for amiibos. Make the DLC either extremely cheap or free, because you're gonna you're gonna make a killing with amiibos. Just look at how Skylanders and and um, Infinity was <laughs> selling. Granted, you don't have. Frozen characters. You don't have Guardians of the Galaxy. None of your characters will say I am Group. but you have characters that kids love. You that is characters true. characters like Mario. You have characters like Sonic. Right. And, you know, next year you're going to be introducing a whole new generation, Star Fox. I'm sure that, you know, as much as people probably hate him, there'll be a lot of kids who like Flippy. Yep. I mean, there's Amiibos right there that will, you know, it's
0: going to be just like the, the old meme. It prints money. Well, to 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 preface that a little bit more, well, correction, to add to that, um, they actually discussed a lot of enhancements that players can look forward to with amiibo integration. In Super Smash Bros. Wii U, for instance, um, you're going to get, obviously, character enhancements with uh, Mario Kart 8, Hyrule Warriors, Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker, kirby and the rainbow curse yoshi's woolly world and mario party 10 in 2015 you're going to be able to get incredible incredible benefits and enhanced gameplay options when you jump into the amiibo universe in mario Kart 8 for example if you use a mario luigi peach yoshi uh donkey kong or any of the other amiibo figures on the wii u controller you're going to get a Mi racing suit themed to that particular amiibo character Players me characters can wear these detailed suits when racing in the games. In Hyrule Warriors, if you use a Link Amiibo, it's going to give players a special spinner weapon that they can use in that game. Additionally, every Smash Brothers Amiibo series figure will get additional materials, weapons, or rupees for the game. Now, of course, the first wave of figures, which is going to be Mario, Link, and Samus, will hit stores on November 21st the same day that Super Smash Bros. for the Wii U comes out, and then the second set of figures, conveniently enough, hits stores in December. So very, very aggressive uh, stance, and not only that, but they're giving people incentive by adding amiibo enhancements to games that have already been on the market. If you
1: could have any right now, I know you, you don't have a Wii U yet, but you, you can find to the, the masses that you will... If you could have five amiibos right now. Which ones would they be?
0: It would probably be Bowser, Mario, Donkey Kong, uh, Star Fox, Samus, and probably Kirby. Okay. And a Wario. Nice. I like Wario, so <laughs> i would I, I would I would definitely get a Wario amiibo if I could. Bowser Bowser would be by number one because Bowser is one of my one of my favorite characters. Nobody should be shocked yes, about this. Know. <laughs> Nobody should be
1: shocked. You like the you know.
0: Yeah, I know, force of habit. But um, <laughs> one game, one game that was on my radar, and I've talked about this numerous times on air, um, was discussed a little, a little bit more during the direct event, and that was Splatoon, which was the four-on-four online multiplayer shooter, which also, of course, has a single-player mode. It's gonna have uh, squids versus octopus, um, and it's it's gonna be hitting the Wii U in the second quarter of twenty fifteen. Um, definitely really hype for the game. I like the concept. Um, it goes back to what we talked about a couple of episodes back about games like, you know, Sega Strikers and some of the Mario themed sports games. It looks very childish, but it also looks like with a with a good group of people it would be a very, very fun game. Yeah, I
1: mean it's I, I don't wanna is a game that I don't care about too much. Too much shine, but it's a it's a family friendly Call of Duty. <laughs>
0: that's that's a good way to put it. Well, I'll tell you this: uh, Wii U fans are also going to get a little RPG love as Xenoblade Chronicles X uh, comes out from Monolith Soft. So they're going to get a little RPG action. That's going to be hitting exclusively the Wii U in 2015. So it's going to be a bigger world than Xenoblade Chronicles on the Wii. And, um, obviously you're going to get a ton of RPG missions and a very, very extensive first player, uh, story mode campaign. Now, the thing that, that I, I liked about the news about this is that we don't hear too much about RPG games on, on consoles like the Wii U. And I think that's, that's a very big void that Nintendo's trying to fill very quickly.
1: Well, I'm glad that, you know, they're doing that because. I grew up on playing RPGs on Nintendo consoles, and right. I really wish they'd bring back things like Actraiser. I, mean, I wish they could get, you know, I know they're kind of in bed with Sony right now, but I wish they could get something going with Square Enix again, because, they I mean, they, even when they just had, like, the, the uh, Crystal Chronicle games and stuff, but, you know, getting some kind of Final Fantasy back on the Wii U, I think, is very
0: important. You know what would be what would be interesting on the Wii U with the tablet, like a Final Fantasy Tactics style game.
1: Yes, it would, especially with
0: amiibos. Right. I think I think that would be very very interesting to see. I mean, when you look back at some of the RPGs, man, on the Super Nintendo, you know, it was like Chrono Trigger, Earthbound. There were there were just a, a ton of RPG games on the Super Nintendo that people just to this day these are iconic games that people will always talk about. Yeah, exactly. Nintendo definitely needs that. But I tell you what, their first party their first party titles, they're not playing. They got the brand new Kirby game, which is Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. That's going to be out in February 2015. And then another game, which looks completely silly, but I definitely can see myself playing it for hours, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Hits uh, Wii U consoles on December 5th. What was that?
1: That game was incredible. That and it might be the same title, but the Kirby game where Kirby's entirely made out of yarn.
0: Yep. That I I believe and like I, the I don't the wanna... entire
1: game looks like.
0: Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm saying like that
1: entire game. It, it looks like it's not even digital. It looks like it's just made out of yarn.
0: Yeah, that game actually does and look pretty good. Cool. I tell you what, though, the other thing that which really which really looked promising, and I know people that own a 3DS are going to jump on this is the ultimate NES remix. That's gonna be, uh, 16 of the top NES games from NES remix and NES remix 2 on the Wii U. You're gonna have Famicom remix mode with a lot of the Japanese versions of the games. You're gonna be able to play through the original Super Mario Brothers and a ton of other games as well. Now, obviously, for those of us that are long time NES fans, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be one of those games that's gonna end up becoming a stocking stuffer when it comes out for the 3ds on december 5th looks incredibly promising also persona q edition is arriving on the uh the persona q edition nintendo 3ds XL will be released on november 25th to celebrate the launch of the rpg persona q shadow of the labyrinth so once again a another variant on the 3ds XL. this goes with the nintendo themed variant that i've seen and numerous other variants which always get the markup on eBay. Uh, where do you stand on that? It's gonna have a suggested retail price of one ninety nine. Um of course the Persona Q Shadow of Labyrinth game will be sold separately.
1: Well, the new three D S Excel kinda of pisses me off just because you know I'm not gonna run out and buy another three D S right unless um magically my current one breaks, which <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> I'm not going to break my 3ds just to get a new one with two <laughs> two um
0: two analog, analog controllers. I mean,
1: the fact that it has the two analog sticks is great, and I mean I think for again people who don't have a 3ds, it's going to be the 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 handheld to buy. And um, the one thing that even though barely anybody really plays the Gita anymore, the <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> Start thinking about doing that Sony does so well is the the whole crossfire option.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Like there, there are games that are on both Wii U and and the 3DS like for example the Nintendo Remix and they need to start doing that crossfire option.
0: I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I mean we're we're reaching a stage where you're trying to create a synergy between handheld and home consoles and that's something that Sony has done a great job with. And I think if Nintendo were smart, they would jump on that immediately.
1: I'm surprised they haven't. I mean, Nintendo's very good at you know giving customers like extra value in their games and advantages and I'm surprised that they weren't the first company to come out with that.
0: Yeah, I'm shocked, man. Because you would think that as as long as 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 powerful and as long and as long of a life cycle as Nintendo's had with their 3ds and you know, their various handhelds, you would expect that that would be a no brainer at this point.
1: Yeah, man. So, especially now that the, um, the, the online is, is, um, the sync between the Wii U and the 3DS.
0: Right. Well, I wanted to, um, before we wrap things up, Mortis posed a very interesting question and I personally can't answer, it, but I think slick might, he writes, I have the special edition fire emblem 3DS. If I were to get a bigger 3DS and upgrade, is there a way to transfer my Fire Emblem game over since it's not on a cartridge? Yeah, it should be because your your 3DS
1: you have a um a card in it, and they they're in the system where if you get a new 3DS, it lets you transfer your system information.
0: There you have it, Mortis. So
1: you transfer your system information, and you should be able to just put your your um, SD card in the new 3DS, which should have your game save.
0: All right. Well, there you have it. The only thing I wanted to close out with um, is some what-the-fuck gaming news, something that we haven't had in a while, and you'll appreciate this. The legendary Duke Nukem 3D is going to be released on the PS3 and the Vita. Uh, Devolver Digital will be bringing over the game's Megaton Edition, which is already out on the PC. It includes Duke 3D Atomic Edition, plus all three officially licensed expansion packs. Right now, it looks like we can expect that game January 13th in the U.S. and January 14th in Europe. How crazy is that?
1: That's great. I mean, I heard that the um, company that made Duke Nukem was making a comeback. So, I mean, Duke Nukem is like, sort of like a guilty pleasure.
0: Absolutely.
1: I mean, Seeing that die, you know, as a gamer, even though I've never really played it not not never really I've never played a Duke Nukem. I mean that's something it really, like felt like a part of me that It's like that's not a character that should go away.
0: Yeah. I'm i I'm shocked that they haven't found a way to put Duke Nukem in some some sort of a first person shooter, some sort of a game where you can get Duke Nukem as like a skin. A great example of that is uh you know the the game Payday, Payday two that that's out. They um right. they announced that you could download a skin to use John Wick, like Keanu Reeves' John Wick, you can use him in the game. Nice. You see what I mean? Like Stuff like that is cool, you know? You put out a movie, the character's iconic. Hey, let's throw him in this game for a few laughs. It was. I, I saw it, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And I'm shocked that they haven't found a way to do that with Duke Nukem's character.
1: Like right. sometimes it happens all the time on the show that we think of things, you know, like, why aren't these companies thinking up the same thing that we're talking about?
0: Well, you know what it is? Like a game like Doom. Doom is such an iconic game, but why can't you maybe for for for, uh, DLC get a Duke Nukem skin for Doom, you know? Doom, Doom Nukem. Yep, Doom Nukem could be like DLC, and you could use Duke Nukem in the game. That would be pretty badass, and again, it would be something that's just a little outside of the box, a little obscure, but kind of cool. It's the same thing like Bayonetta wearing the Nintendo costumes on the Wii U version of the game. It's like, yeah, it's 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 not something that really ups the anti gameplay-wise, but it's it's very cool to see, you know? It puts a smile on your face, you know? Exactly. So there you have it. That's uh that's actually going to wrap up the gaming news for this week. Um before we close out, I do want to let you guys know that we are working on our RageWorks holiday gift guide. So if you have any ideas or anything that's on your radar that you think we should include, Feel free to reach out to me, Slick, or the rest of the MTR crew, either via social media or Facebook, Google+, Twitter, etc., and let us know. And who knows, maybe your choice may end up in our holiday gift guide. I know for a fact that my holiday is going to probably see a Wii U, and um, I'm getting myself an early Christmas present as Amazon has the um, Transformers box set with the Grimlock statue for $29.99. So I will be picking that up. Probably tomorrow. <laughs> you knew I had to do it, man. That hundred, that hundred plus price tag that it was that they had it for was too was too rich for my blood. But dude, thirty bucks sold.
1: Um, it was too rich for everyone's blood because we dropped it down to thirty dollars because nobody bought
0: it. Fuck it, dude. I'll take it for thirty bucks. That's not too bad. I mean, the the three D Blu Ray by itself in Target was thirty bucks last week.
1: So well, there shouldn't be more than that to start with.
0: Th- there you go. So there you have it, guys. That's uh, that's what's on our radar in the gaming world. Be on the lookout for our holiday gift guide. We're gonna try and put one out for gamers, uh, toy collectors, comic fans, uh, MMA fans, and of course wrestling fans. And it will have content from all of us at RageWorks and My Take Radio. Anything else you wanna add? Oh, nah. There you I'm have good. it. Hi, right, buddy. Thank you for the assist. All right, man. Talk to you later. Hi, right, brother. Peace. Peace. There you have it, our very own Slick. You can follow him on Twitter, at MTRSlick. Now, let's jump into the week's entertainment news. We got a very, very stacked plate of stuff, including a lot of Marvel news, some crazy, crazy what-the-fuck movie news. We're going to get into the whole Star Wars announcement and so much more. Let's get that ball rolling, shall we? Right about now, I'd be giving you guys a promo code for our friends at Superhero Stuff, but I have not received the November promo code from them as of yet. But once I do, of course, I will share it with you guys. All right, so let's get the ball rolling with the first bit of entertainment news for the week. Um, This originally was going to kind of fall under the the what-the-fuck movie news category, but uh, given that we had discussed it a couple of weeks back, and I really didn't think it would pick up steam right away... I guess I was wrong. So a couple of weeks back, we discussed the possibility that Mark Wahlberg was going to be working on a brand new film adaptation of the $6 million man. Of course, this was the story of Steve Austin who suffered an accident and was modified with bionic implants and he became a government operative. Now, when you heard about this originally, we, like I said, it was all rumors and speculation. Well, It's no longer rumor and it's no longer speculation as Mark Wahlberg and Lone Survivor director Peter Berg will be directing the six billion dollar man. Obviously, of course, given the current economy, six million dollars is not what they're going for. But six billion dollars is now originally, like I said, this film was stuck in development limbo for years as numerous directors, actors and various other Hollywood personalities were tied to the project. But It looks like we are officially moving forward with it with Mark Wahlberg in the role of Steve Austin with Peter Berg after their work on Lone Survivor. I kind of want to give the movie a shot because I think that Peter Berg's work with Lone Survivor was amazing. And I'm curious to see what kind of a turn they go for with a film such as The Six Million Dollar Man. The film is going to be scheduled for release probably in 2016. Mark Wahlberg currently is going to be seen in The Gambler, which I'm going to be putting out a trailer for this weekend. He's also going to star in a brand new comedy called Daddy's Home alongside Will Ferrell, who, of course, was his co-star in The Other Guys. All right, so let's talk about Star Wars Episode 7, which officially has a title now known as Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Of course, of course, the uh, teaser image was released via the Star Wars Twitter account. There were a lot of jokes online about it, about how terrible the title was. Um, a lot of people also felt that Anthony Daniels, who portrays C-3PO, was full of shit when he said that this particular Star Wars film will be better than The Empire Strikes Back. Um, definitely a lot of negative uh, feedback from a lot of Star Wars fans, not only for the title, but also for Anthony Daniels' statement. Now, I'll be honest when I tell you that for me to be upset about a title of a film that doesn't even have a trailer yet is pretty fucking petty. That's just me. I know there's some really, 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 really super hardcore Star Wars fans that would definitely argue that. But for me personally, there's no trailer. We only got a bit of casting. We don't know who's playing who. We don't really have a legitimate plot synopsis. I don't really see the issue with the title, The Force Awakens. Yes, because at the end of the day, you know, we don't know how they're going to expand the mythology after the events of Return of the Jedi. I really, I really don't know. I mean, they're they're obviously going to have the film take place. I believe it's 20 years in the future, but a lot could have happened in 20 years, so The fact that it's being called The Force Awakens clearly means that at some point the presence of the Jedi was not as strong as it was before. I mean, you know, don't I again, I understand being jaded. I understand being upset or maybe thinking that the title is stupid, but you haven't even seen a trailer yet to make that assessment. Seriously, you could have called it, you know, Star Wars Episode 7 Jar Jar Binks strikes back. And if the trailer was awesome, then people wouldn't complain. You know, oh look, it's Jar Jar Binks. Fuck it. Which, by the way, if you want to make any, if you want to redeem Jar Jar Binks, you should make that motherfucker a Sith and just have him killing people with a lightsaber. Then people wouldn't hate him as much because at least he'd be somewhat cool. But um, you know, maybe have have him become a Sith. Uh, his his master cuts out his tongue and he doesn't speak. Something like that. At least then you could take a character that everybody pretty much hated and at least do something cool with him. Because honestly, you keep Jar Jar Binks in all the original films and you kill an awesome character like Darth Maul. <laughs> you know, it's 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 one of those things where, for for me as a, as a fan of the Star Wars films, it always tripped me out because I felt that with Darth Maul's character, we didn't really get to learn a lot about him. Obviously, you can pick up the Dark Horse comics. Uh, relating to his origins and learn more but I just felt that the film did not flesh out his character enough to kill him off so quickly but again that's my take on it I digress but Star Wars Episode 7 The Force Awakens um, as I said no trailer no complaints until until I see a trailer I will reserve judgment so couple of weeks back we were we were joking about christian bale playing steve jobs while it looks like christian bale is no longer going to be involved it looks like now michael fassbender will be assuming the role of steve jobs for this brand new film um also according to variety seth Rogen will be playing apple co-founder steve wozniak this is the danny boyle directed uh steve jobs biopic um it it looks promising. I think having Seth Rogen pro- play a guy like Steve Wozniak will work. I think that that Rogen and Christian Bale would have had great chemistry, but Michael Fassbender's a tremendous actor. I'm just curious to see how you're going to transform him into somebody as iconic as Steve Jobs because I'll be honest, even though Ashton Kutcher's Steve Jobs film wasn't great, at least the transformation was pretty was pretty solid. I don't know how you're going to be able to pull that off with somebody as suave as Michael Fassbender, but I will reserve reserve judgment for the time being. On the DC side of things, um, of course, we all know that Gal Gadot will be playing Wonder Woman in Batman vs Superman, and she was originally um, linked to possibly having a role in the remake of Ben-Hur. Well, unfortunately, due to her commitments as Wonder Woman for Batman and Superman and the rest of the films in the DC Cinematic Universe. She, unfortunately, will not be able to be involved in the project. Uh, the upcoming Ben-Hur remake is scheduled to hit theaters February 26, 2016. Um, really not sure how I feel about that. I'm always weird with those iconic films like Ben-Hur, uh, The Ten Commandments, films like that, because those films, it's very hard to replicate that same that same presence ...that those films had back in the day. I mean, you look at a film like The Ten Commandments... ...religious connotations aside... Um, ...there there really was just an amazing amount of talent in that film. Uh, Edward G. Robinson... Um, ...you know, Charlton Heston, Yul Brynner... ...just a, a who's who of great actors. And to, to recapture that... ...you're really going to have to create something incredibly iconic. The same thing applies with Ben Hur. I'm taking a wait-and-see approach with that... ...because, again... You're telling the story of Moses now in Exodus and you pretty much have whitewashed that, that entire film. And that's uh, that's not something I personally am too happy with. But uh, that's a film I definitely will reserve judgment on because I saw I saw the Noah film and um, it definitely wasn't good. As as much as I like Russell Crowe, the movie itself just left a lot to be desired. There you have it. Uh, anyway. Let's switch gears. Let's talk some box office totals. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's Nightcrawler surprisingly came in at number one, earning $10.9 million, followed by Ouija at number two, also earning um, $10.9 million, but that had a $35 million total. Uh, Fury came in at number three. Gone Girl came in at number four. The Book of Life was number five. John Wick was number six. St. Vincent was seven. Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day came in at number eight. The Judge was number nine, and Dracula Untold rounded things out with $2.9 million in the number 10 slot. Of course, we all know that we got Big Hero 6 hitting theaters and Interstellar as well. I've heard great things about both films. I am going to try and get out this weekend to see Big Hero 6. Yes, I'm going to suck it up and go see a Disney kids flick in the theater. I'm sure there will be countless children running around, but I like the concept. I like the the character designs. And of course, the Marvel influence definitely suckered me in as well. Plus, you know, I like I like the Baymax character. He looks really cool. So uh, yeah, Big Hero 6, you may be seeing a review for that on Rageworks.net over the weekend. We'll see what happens. Of course, I will keep you guys posted. All right, so... If you guys remember, they had done uh, the film Now You See Me came out a while back. And while originally the concept did not look incredibly promising, the movie proved to not only be very well done, but incredibly enjoyable. It almost had an Ocean's Eleven vibe to it with a who's who of casting that was involved. Well, it should be it should come as no shock that we are going to get a Now You See Me 2, which is going to have a. Uh, a bunch of, of actors joining of course the existing cast uh one in particular daniel radcliffe will be involved also um will be lizzie kaplan joining the cast of course this includes returning characters jesse eisenberg uh, michael kane mark ruffalo woody harrelson isla fisher dave franco and of course morgan freeman the sequel to now you see me will be hitting theaters june 10th 2016 if you watch the Marvel 75th anniversary special on ABC, you may have got a glimpse at the upcoming Agent Carter TV series, which is going to be airing in January during the Agents of Shield hiatus. Uh, the show will premiere on January 6th, and it looks it looks pretty promising. It's going to be an eight episode run, focusing obviously on Haley Atwell's Peggy Carter character introduced in Captain America, the first Avenger and her work with Howard Stark, of course, played by Dominic Cooper. Once again, um, definitely looks promising minus uh, Peggy Carter, looking like Carmen Sandiego in some scenes. Other than that, um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it just to see what type of mythology they expand on. Um, there's a lot of stuff, which they have already kind of given out a couple of little Easter eggs. i um, Anton Vaco And his character will be appearing in that series. Of course, if you saw Iron Man 3, Anton Vaco was the father of, um, what the hell, Mickey Rourke's character, which was Whiplash. Uh, His character, the father, will be appearing in Peggy Carter. And um, there's also rumors that, um, you know, Agent Carter's will also have um, a character that may be the basis for Wasp which we may see later on in future Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes. We'll see how that goes. But again, Agent Carter debuts on ABC January 6th, 2015. Now, the big news story, of course, out of the Marvel announcement prior was the assortment of movies that we can expect, including Black Panther, Infinity War captain america civil war and countless others but one film one film that has got a lot of people buzzing is captain marvel now many of you that are longtime marvel readers will know captain marvel's character carol danvers who got the captain marvel powers and has been an avenger on numerous occasions now uh the fan the fanboy in me would like to see katie sackoff get an opportunity to play captain marvel because i think she definitely has the chops to pull the character off. But it looks like a very, very strong candidate has come forward in Jessica Chastain, who has been rumored as being associated with the project. Um Jessica Chastain, currently you can see her in Interstellar, I think would definitely be a suitable um a suitable actress to play Captain Marvel, but like I said, the inner fanboy in me would like to see Katie Sackhoff get the role. In any event Captain Marvel will not be hitting theaters until summer of 2018. So I'm sure there will be plenty of casting rumors. And I think, um, the captain Marvel casting will make a great, um, opinion piece for the site that I've been working on called the casting couch, uh, with certain films. I think we're going to try and cast a couple of different actresses that would make, um, that would make interesting choices to portray captain Marvel on the big screen. Um, Slick says Yvonne Starhovsky should play Captain Marvel from Chuck. She actually was an actress that was talked about in a piece I read a couple of weeks back. Um, I know you 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 know you jokingly said neither is cute enough, but I do feel Katie Sackhoff definitely, like I said, has the chops. Plus, a lot of people have done some very very good photo manipulation, and I think she definitely can pull it off. Yvonne Starhovsky definitely is a um is a very physical actress after her work on Chuck. Um, but I, I just feel Katie Sackhoff, she's, you know, she's a sci-fi, she's a sci-fi goddess, and I think she would benefit. Um, she would probably achieve the same level of success that someone like Batista or or even, um, yeah, I mean, Batista's a great example where, you know, Batista did a lot of low-grade action films, and then he came into his own as Drax the Destroyer. I feel that Katie Sackhoff would definitely come into her own in terms of mainstream appeal by portraying such an iconic character as Captain Marvel. Um, We'll see what the deal is with that. Again, Captain Marvel does not hit screens until summer 2018. But again, I will definitely add a couple of my choices to the casting couch feature that I am working on. All right, so... I, I kind of want to talk a little about uh, a little bit about the top-selling Blu-rays for the week of November 2nd, just because X-Men Days of Future Past continues to kick ass in the top spot. It is now the third week in a row that Bryan Singer's um, sci-fi blockbuster has been in the top spot. The film itself grossed $746 million worldwide on top of his estimated $200 million budget, It currently has a Blu-ray market share of 46%. The top 10 selling Blu-rays are all very, very heavy special effects-laden films, um, including X-Men Days of Future Past, Transformers Age of Extinction, uh, The Edge of Tomorrow, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, just to name a few. Also on that list, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, Deliver Us from Evil, which was a very, very solid horror flick, um, Earth to Echo. Um, Sleeping Beauty, America, Imagine the World Without Her, the, and The Purge, Anarchy, are just to name a few. Now, again, if you are looking for showpieces for your home theater, definitely pick up X-Men Days of Future Past, which has an incredible transfer. Also, Transformers Age of Extinction, if you want to test your soundtrack and home theater capabilities, and definitely Captain America and the Winter Soldier. If you want to test um, Color Vibrance, the Sleeping Beauty transfer from Disney is incredibly well done very very bright vibrant pictures if you got a 240 hertz tv or even a tv that up converts to 4k i cannot stress enough if you're looking for a showpiece definitely give that sleeping beauty flick a pickup if you're also a disney fan as well on the 3d side of things captain america and the winter soldier 3d was okay not something that i would necessarily pick up in 3d unless it was on sale um i will say that age of extinction Transformers Age of Extinction 3D is definitely a better pickup, as is Edge of Tomorrow as well. Both solid pickups if you're in the market for some 3D flicks. Now, last bit of movie news to close things out. A couple of weeks back, we talked about the reboot of the Transporter franchise. I've been actually watching the Transporter TV series on TNT. It pains me to say that it is not that great. Uh, considering that originally the Transporter series was supposed to air on Cinemax, which I'm, which of course um, is one of the reasons why so much of the cursing and sex scenes are cut out. But in any event, they will be doing a Transporter reboot, which is scheduled to start in Mar- in March of 2015. It's going to be called the Transporter Legacy. So there you have it. If you are a fan of the Transporter series, we are going to see a brand new interpretation hit screens on March. 6th. Uh, now, uh, correction, it's not March 6th was the original release date. They have now moved it to June 19th. Uh, my notes were a little incomplete. So make a note of that if you are a fan of the Transporter series, that it is moving from March 6th to June 19th. Now, to wrap things up, I have to say that they have released a final trailer for the Hobbit trilogy, and it continues to impress every time. I mean, uh, the Hobbit films, especially in high def, uh, continue to just be incredibly impressive. The only thing that bothers me is the, um, they don't release the films with the 48 frame transfer. But again, that's just something that I would like to see. But in any event, um, the desolation of smog got an extended edition, which came out. Um, a lot of people are saying good things about it. I haven't checked it out yet, but it's definitely on my radar. As I said earlier black friday's around the corner we're going to try and share some of our picks with regards to blu-ray and entertainment pickups in the coming weeks for our rageworks holiday gift guide i will i will be honest when i say that you will see some of the titles i mentioned x-men days of future past uh, age of extinction captain america the um the avengers box set which got dropped in price and a couple of other films you will see there as well as always If you want to share a film that you would like to see in our gift guide or any of our other or any of our other gift guides that will be coming out in the coming weeks, please feel free to reach out. at host at MyTakeRadio.com or hit us up on any of our social media accounts as well. Um, Slick says, I am waiting for the extended trilogy and I have to agree with you, Slick. I actually made the mistake, excuse me, of picking up The Hobbit first. And then afterwards they released the extended edition and I was pissed off. So I'm definitely waiting for an extended edition box set before I buy any more films. I did not buy the Desolation of Smog on Blu-ray. I actually ended up seeing it as a red box rental. Just because like like you said, it's it's worth just waiting for the extended edition. Alright, guys, so there you have it. My take radio will be at the end gadget expand event. We will be covering that on RageWorks.net, so if you want to keep up with it and see some of the latest and greatest technology on display, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Rage works. Also on Instagram, I will be posting pictures. That account is RageWorks underscore Rich. All right, that's going to wrap up the show for this week. On behalf of myself, Slick, Quarkblade, and the rest of the MTR family, I will see you guys next Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. As always, keep up with My Take Radio on Twitter at My Take Radio. Become a fan on Facebook, add us to your circles on Google Plus, or follow our boards on Pinterest. If you did not get to catch a video version of this show, you can find it on the My Take Radio YouTube channel, mytakeradio.com forward slash My Take Radio TV. Also, if you are a follower of the Rageworks YouTube channel, you can find this episode there as well. Last but not least, archived versions of the episodes can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and any other podcast catchers. As always, and I got to remind you guys often, if you are getting the show via iTunes, please take a moment and rate the show. We would really, really, really appreciate it. Otherwise, you can get the complete My Take Radio experience by grabbing the official My Take Radio app. It is $1.99 available for iOS iOS. Android and Windows devices. For Android, you can get it in the Amazon marketplace. For iOS devices, of course, it is iTunes. And for Windows Mobile and Windows 8, you can hit up the Windows marketplace as well. We have not forgotten about trying to make it a free app. We are still working on that. Our goal is to hopefully make it a free app in 2015. But as always, every purchase, whether it's through any advertising, or via the app or anything else helps out the brand and allows us to continue giving you guys great content. All right, guys, that's a wrap. I will see you guys next week. As always, thanks for tuning in. Peace.